0: Living through one of those changes that historians will mark the end of one era and mark the beginning of another. T.E.T.C.
1: The End Times Continue.
0: Welcome, welcome to The End Times Continue, recorded on this the 24th of July. I'm Dino. How's it going, my friend? it's the 24th
1: already. That, that just like, kind of hit me.
0: What's your name? Who I'm, are you?
1: Oh, uh, my name is uh, Billy Bob.
0: Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. I didn't expect that. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I am Ace, and we are back. We are back again this week.
0: We are The back. end times
1: keep continuing. Yeah, they it's don't almost stop. almost like they never end. Yeah.
0: The end times start rolling, and they don't stop rolling.
1: That's right, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: just the end times all the way down.
0: Uh, what have you been doing since the last episode? What have you been up to?
1: Oh, you know, just getting into Twitter fights on Twitter, uh, arguments, you know, the same old, the same old.
0: I like getting into Twitter fights on Truth Social. Oh, oh
1: wow, that's it. Now that's it. <laughs> that's a deep cut.
0: Whoa. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs>
1: Arguing with like sixty-five year old Republican boomers. Exactly.
0: On it. No, I've I, I I I do not have a truth account because I think it's a honeypot. Anyway, um the <laughs> <laughs> the uh I I, so I spent the last week or so fucking with things. Um I'm I, I'm building a server out of an old computer that I've got lying around. And then I realized I can't Complete that server until I have money for drives because the drives that I already have aren't going to work with it, which is annoying. And then I was, uh, during that time, I found a terabyte drive that I just had collecting dust, and I was like, well, I might as well do something with this. So I dropped it in my tower and put Pop! OS on it. And then it took me another like 24 hours or more to get audio set up in Pop! OS, but I'm currently recording in Pop! OS, and that's fun because it's not windows I sent you a picture and of you my show, uh, And you,
1: uh, yeah, you showed me a little bit of this too like your end result it's like spaghetti code
0: all of the audio routing spaghetti that I have like you can see the lines I'm using Q jack control all of the lines all of my audio routing is it looks like spaghetti it's actually pretty organized but it looks terrible yeah. <laughs> the there's my and my my Vocal chain sounds so good in in Jack. It sounds really, really, or not in Jack, in uh, in Carla. It sounds way better than the one that I had set up on Windows, which is why I wanted to make sure to get Pop working for this recording. Because yeah, your it voice was, sounds really crispy. It's yeah, it's nice. And uh, my other one was so nice compressed, and it was very chunky, and all the, all the it was, it, yeah. it sounded like it was, it was just, it was just really, really compressed into like a single. But it was bad. Um, sounds way better now i'm hoping it comes through at the low bit rates that we export these as files at. yeah yeah it's,
1: it's like you have this beautiful free-flowing like stream of audio with all these different highs and lows and then it just fucking gets compressed into this tiny little
0: this tiny little choke point and then, 128 kilobits per second stream. let's hope it sounds good I don't do 96. 96 is too low. It's too it's too low. <laughs> if you have any kind of interesting like, are, are there stereo effects in our theme song that I put in there? They get lost on 96. I have to do 128. I'm sorry for the extra data that the 128 takes over 96. But it's uh, I I can't do 96 to this to this audio. I just can't do it. <laughs> you become an audio podcast i know right (laughs) speaking of uh there's (laughs) topics to this show (laughs) um and we said on the last episode we said that we would talk about the sri lanka situation and uh one of the things that i wanted to do it's it's interesting the coverage on it has been interesting but there's not a lot of background a lot of people are just saying like yeah sri lanka uh, ousted their president and it's like yeah but why like the, the details aren't really being talked about like how much how much have you seen about the the like the reasoning behind this story like why yeah, this I, I myself
1: i've seen very little as well so i'm i'm kind of like in i i'm in more of the dark than you are about this story yeah, quite
0: honestly so I dug up a couple of timelines and some stuff about this and, and the thing that it all kind of, it's basically, these are, uh, this is entirely economic. Some people are trying to frame it as if it's COVID. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and certainly COVID has a a part to play in this as in like the, the, the economic situation that precipitated from COVID and stuff like that. But this is not about, like COVID restrictions and stuff Like that's not what they're protesting mm-hmm. um, What happened was uh, the, um, There was effectively Precipitated in part by COVID there, there was an economic collapse that was taking place And right. uh, Roger Pasca, the, the president um, uh, Declared a state of emergency And this happened in April actually happened on april fool's day which is itself (laughs) (laughs) kind of funny well that's why they're writing no one believed it yeah exactly no one thought it was real Yeah, Um, everyone
1: they're just trying to call it their bluff like come on
0: exactly so in the following days his cabinet resigned (laughs) they they just fucking left um and then on the in in you know mid-april Several things happened early to mid-April. Uh, on April 10th, uh, Sri Lanka's doctors said they were nearly out of all life-saving medicines, warning that the crisis could end up killing more people than the coronavirus. And then on April 12th, the government defaulted on its foreign debt. Oh. That, everyone's heard of, like, countries defaulting on their debt and what happens if the U.S. Yeah. defaults on its debt. And, well, this is, the, you know... Okay, things are slightly different for the U.S. versus Sri Lanka um, because Sri Lanka's currency isn't the world reserve currency and Sri Lanka's right. currency isn't what uh, oil prices are measured in. <laughs> right. So it's slightly different, but the economic situation that is exemplified by defaulting on debt does look like this, where it's just it's just trashed. The economy is trashed. Um. Yeah. Uh, and then on April 19th police killed a protester um, <clears throat> and then the IMF said that Sri Lanka had to restructure its debt before uh, the International Monetary Fund would give Sri Lanka a bailout so they basically had to present a method by which they could pay back their debts or whatever it was right. they had to restructure just like you do if you you know do bankruptcy yeah. you have to restructure um so, what? One of the things that they did, and this is where things get sort of COINTELPRO Pro weird, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not talking about with relation to the U.S. I'm talking about uh, like with relation to their internal government. Um, the way that this is presented on all of the timelines I could find, the news, most of which comes out of India, right? Like uh, this, these timelines are all all come from Indian sources, like Indian newswires. So. I'm not sure what political games could be being, being played here with regard to this, these timelines and, and everything else. But it, on May 9th, this is how it's presented in these timelines. On May 9th, a mob of government loyalists were bust in from the countryside and attacked peaceful protesters camped outside the president's office in Colombo. Nine people were killed and hundreds were injured in the reprisal attacks that followed with crowds targeting those responsible for the violence and setting fire to the homes of lawmakers. So they bust in loyalists to fight the protesters. Right. That's how this is being presented. I, that is, I could totally see that happening. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) But I also don't know what games could be being played with that.
1: Yeah, I just don't know enough about, like, the geopolitical structure within the country itself to, like, you know, really come up with um, a reasonable, like, guess even to yeah. that. But it's certainly – it's always a possibility. when Whenever you have, like, factions being bussed in, if, if that's accurate to, like, what the report is saying – uh then that's that raises some eyebrows, right? Like the other uh, question
0: too is like India's relationship to it. Does the media right. in India have a, an an interest in making this look as bad as possible for the government of Sri Lanka? Exactly, yeah. So they could, you know, they could be couching things or, or spinning things. Like that's the that's the thing about media, man. You never know. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So it's like you. Ne- it's true. You never know exactly if what you're being uh, fed through reports is actually even accurate, or if it is some ploy to like, you know, uh, demoralize or delegitimize a certain people or a certain group. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So it's, um, it's. But I also wouldn't put it past the government to do this. So it makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So uh on May 9th uh Roger Poska resigned as prime minister and mm-hmm. was replaced by uh okay this last name is wild so it's going to take me a second um replaced by and I practiced it and I still don't know it uh replaced by Ranil Wickram, Okay the first half is Wickram okay Essing so I'm assuming I'm assuming it's uh Essing. Okay uh, political veteran already served several terms as premier yada 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 okay um, shoot to kill orders on May 10th the defense ministry orders troops to shoot on site anyone involved in looting or causing harm to life but uh, protesters defy a fresh government curfew which is rolled back at the end of the week um, top police officer in Colombo is assaulted and his vehicle set ablaze very nice Very nice (laughs) Uh, uh, On June 10th Humanitarian Emergency United Nations warns that Sri Lanka Is facing a dire humanitarian crisis Um, And uh, More than three quarters This is where you get to the meat of what was going on More than three quarters of the population Had reduced their food intake due to the country's severe food shortages
1: Yeah that'll do it Yeah (laughs) Yeah
0: Hungry yeah. people riot. Um, yeah, fuel, uh, and then on June twenty seventh, fuel sales suspended. The government says Sri Lanka is nearly out of fuel and halts all petrol sales except to essential services. So they ran out of gas and they were running out of food. Yeah, that's when this shit. Yeah, I will happens. do it. Yeah, like that. It's like
1: you know, people always wondered like. Uh, you know, there's always this kind of like meme going around in like the zeitgeist that always talks about, like, well, you know, we had, uh, you know, why don't people stand up and, you know, hold their government accountable like they did in, you know, 1776 or something? Talking about like the American people, right? Right. But it's, but it's also like, you know, capitalism is just, it's too damn good at what it does. Really? Uh, where it's yeah. like people have way more to lose. Uh, I mean, people, you know, people had their, you know, they risked, I'm not saying they didn't, they couldn't lose their lives back then, people will risk their lives, but they're generally not willing to risk their lives unless their lives are already at risk in the first place. Um, and this is often what you see in like, uh, people who just like decide they have nothing left to do, but decide for violent revolution, is that, well, if there's a lot of food, and you know, you you can provide for your family, things are relatively okay, even if they suck. Most people aren't going to actually revolt uh, if they're if they can you like you know go to bed with a relatively full stomach. Yes, at the very least exactly. These violent revolutions always happen when people are poor, they're starving, or they feel like they can't provide for their families through like legal means necessarily. Then that's when this. Then that's when the facade goes down. It's, it's like, food, okay, Well, we're going it, it, to kill our leaders. Yes, exactly. Just, no, it's exactly.
0: it's it's deeply personal stuff. Food, uh, yes. religion. I mean, a, a, a yes. major motivating factor for the American Revolution was was religious. Um, yes. they weren't necessarily hungry, but their religion. Yeah, it, was yeah
1: right. They weren't
0: like, exactly. They <clears throat> they
1: thought they thought like the uh, church was going to be established in the colonies. Like the
0: like they <laughs> Exactly. Thought, oh yeah it was mostly it was a massive religious motivation so the the, yes. the, the this whole thing like it's, it's intensely personal stuff like that people don't people don't yeah. do revolutions um because Derek chauvin choked a black guy to death like people don't do that like that's not gonna cause revolutions revolutions right. come when people they'll do are riots hungry. but not revolutions exactly yeah. exactly they'll burn shit down but that's tertiary um, not for right. sure. It's uh, transitory, like inflation. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> it's uh, that's. I mean, that, there's no real revolution going to come out of that until people are hungry. Yeah. Um. Okay. And then uh, on July 1st, uh, the government publishes data showing inflation has hit a record high for the ninth consecutive month. A day after the IMF asked Sri Lanka to rein in prices. Uh, on July 9th. Uh, President Roger Pasca flees his official residence in Colombo with the assistance of troops shortly before demonstrators storm the compound. He's taken to an undisclosed location. Uh, footage from inside the residence shows jubilant protesters jumping in the pool and exploring his its stately bedrooms. Uh, okay. Uh, Wickremasing, I think is how it's pronounced. Uh, his residence is set on fire. Uh, police say he and his family were not <laughs> at the scene. Roger Posca later offers to step down on July 13th. Uh, parliamentary Speaker... Um, Oh, God, I didn't practice this name. Uh, Mahinda, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Mahinda uh, uh, Abewordina? Ab- uh, ab- Abewordina. I don't know how aggressive you're supposed to be with the phonemes. Uh, it says in a televised statement, on July 13th, the president flees the country. Uh, president Pasco flees uh, to the Maldives on a military aircraft uh, accompanied by his wife and bodyguard, his departure comes after humiliating airport standoff in Colombo, where immigration staff did not allow VIP services and insisted all passengers go through public counters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is followed by, and I have this report from CBS. So, But that's that's all the background to why this happened. Uh, it's been um, like three, approaching four months of protests in Sri Lanka. mm mm-hmm. Um, and it's over the economic situation. Of course, this was something that was sparked by COVID and a general, uh, global economic downturn as a result. Um, but this isn't about like COVID policies, right? This, this isn't about right. any of that. This it is, has
1: some, you know, composite effect on the whole thing, but it's not directly about COVID itself.
0: Exactly. And I've seen some people trying to spin it that way. It, it right. That's not what it is. It's economic. Yeah. Um, so uh this report from CBS News. Now that, that timeline ends on july thirteenth, uh, which means in the in the in the scheme of how quickly this stuff moves, that's a very old timeline. It is now published on the uh twenty-third. We're recording, of course, on the twenty-fourth. Published on the twenty-third from CBS News. Sri Lanka swears in new president as soldiers crack down on protesters. Um uh, a day after president Renille, uh wick Rem, wick remissing and always trips me up um was sworn in hundreds of armed troops raided a protest camp outside the president's office in early hours of friday attacking demonstrators with batons human rights watch said the action sends a dangerous message to the sri lankan people that the new government intends to act through brute force rather than the rule of law so that 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 guy whose name i've been having trouble with this entire time he was sworn in as the president replacing the guy who ran away yeah <laughs> He also put in place, and I can't remember what the position was, but he put like an old friend of the effectively family oligarchy that was uh, that that the previous president was a part of. A friend of theirs was sworn in as uh, I can't remember what the position is, but it's like the 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 whatever position the president swears in is it like a prime minister or something? I don't know. But he was he was appointed to that position, so like the the oligarchy is alive and well. In this new president, this isn't like a new guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where we stand now. New president, um, n- n- same as the old president. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's going on in Sri Lanka. So it, it's economic stuff. Uh, actually, it was there is a <clears throat> there's another piece here that it comes from the New York Times. I don't like it very much. It's an interview with a woman who seems relatively mm-hmm. biased. That um, she was talking about this stuff, and and she like she frames, for example, she frames the whole protest movement as incredibly peaceful, and like when they went into the residences of the president and stuff, they were just like walking around. Yeah, they swam in the pool, but they were like walking around, kind of treating it like a museum with a pool. Hmm. Um, of course, ignoring the fact that they burned down the other guy's house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so so she's got a there's obvious bias here. Right, yeah. Um so I don't I don't know if I want to it's from yeah. uh it's called Sri Lanka's uprising. It's from the New York Times. It was published on the on today the 24th. So uh if you want to go read that go read it but be aware it's incredibly biased. <laughs> and of course they have to talk about January 6th.
1: Oh, God. I can't. Wait, how did they connect it? How did they connect it to January? I'll like, I understand. It. Like, I understand the connection, but I'm trying to. Were they trying to say that? Oh, we faced the similar thing. You know that time. <laughs> it's like.
0: Um, okay, so this is how it was done. Uh, the question was asked. I can't help but compare this to the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. This seemed much more peaceful. What? More peaceful wait, wait. Thing. They're trying
1: to say. The, they're trying to say the Sri Lanka one was more peaceful.
0: Yes. Wow. They burned down a guy's house.
1: It's like, man, I, I wish
0: <laughs> <laughs> if only the January sixth fucking uh, yeah. riots were as peaceful as peaceful as the ones in Sri Lanka. <laughs> it would have been way cooler. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, and the the response from the individual. Uh, oh yeah, I couldn't help thinking of it either. There were several differences. <laughs> fucking. For one, these people were not armed. It was also a bit spontaneous. There was no clear leader. They did not do it in association with any politician or political party. But the big difference was that these protests, these protesters had widespread support. Ordinary Sri Lankans were applauding them and even participating. People who would otherwise never be involved in activism or protests were happily wandering around the properties, enjoying themselves and basking in the success of this movement.
1: It's such a that's such like a liberal mindset too. It's like, oh, this was okay because it, most people supported them doing it. So if most people had not supported them doing it, then it will, it wouldn't have been okay. Yeah, right? then it, it would have been very much bad. their mature, their majoritarian like worldview exactly. Like, they view through. That's interesting.
0: It's fascinating, but it, like it's it, the 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 way that this is framed again. They burned down a man's house. <laughs> <laughs> just because he's a politician, they burned down his house.
1: Yeah. And when you see when you see um like uh, video footage from inside the Capitol building from January 6th, you see them walk in and they are they're all just like looking around. Like they're just walking. A dude stole a
0: podium, twice. another dude yeah, took oh, some envelopes. Yeah. Like that's what happened. He put his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. Oh the horror. <laughs> right. <laughs> walking around they were walking around on the floor of the senate i mean if you remember the fucking uh what was it whatever his name was something shaman i can't remember what they ended up nicknaming oh yeah like
1: base shaman or something like that
0: right but he was just standing on the floor of the senate they were burning shit down they broke in and looked around that's exactly how they're trying to frame what happened at the president's house right Ignoring the fact that the Prime Minister's house, I'm assuming that's what his position was before he was installed as president. Uh, ignoring the fact that they burned his house down. Right. It's fucking, it's hilarious to me the level of bias in this shit. Yeah. God, I can't, it's... <laughs> this Is, is that all we, we have we, on
1: Sri Lanka?
0: That's all we've got. Um, okay. But it's a it is a legitimate people's movement. It's based entirely on uh like this isn't what the, the reason I say that is because like this isn't the fucking CIA, right? This is a this right. is a legitimate people's movement. These are hungry people who don't have fuel. Yeah. And that's what's the, that's mo- what... the most
1: obvious explanation is generally the correct one and it's usually like, well, if people are like starving in this country, it's like, yeah, this is kind of what you would expect to happen. Exactly.
0: Uh, no gas. Yeah. The, the the government said we're not selling gas to the public anymore. Okay, yeah, they're going to oh, burn down some yeah. buildings. Like, yeah, yeah, can... <laughs> yeah <it's>... <laughs> <laughs> you can't. And, and but like the one thing that I did think was interesting. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I know we're trying to move no, on from this, but, but one like... thing one thing that I did think was interesting in this article is that in in sort of wrapping up the background for this, this is a very short answer, but uh, in this little interview, you know, typed up interview transcript. I don't know how they're framing it, but um. The question, what led Sri Lanka to this point? The response, um, for the past six months or so, economic conditions for everyday Sri Lankans have grown increasingly difficult. Things like fuel and cooking gas became increasingly expensive and hard to find, and inflation soared. New government import bans meant goods from overseas, like chocolate and coffee beans disappeared. In Sri Lanka, there's a sizable middle class. This is where it gets interesting. In Sri Lanka, there's a sizable middle class. People are not used to scarcity, so they noticed immediately when things started disappearing from shelves people were upset about that and the ability to carry on became all but impossible in the last month or so so it's uh, uh, the the i don't know what people's perception of sri lanka is mm-hmm. but according to this piece um it's it's analogous i suppose to the us with the with the exception right. that i imagine the poor are poorer uh, in sri lanka than in the us but there yeah. is a there is a middle class that is satisfied there's a middle class that has full stomachs and drinks coffee you know what i mean right like that seems to be the 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 kind of so so and and analogous to the u.s when things start disappearing and prices go up everyone knows all at once right exactly yeah (laughs) it's It's not like there's you know it's not like it's a bifurcated sort of class where there's poor people who barely have electricity and rich people running things. There's a middle right. class and that middle class fucking notices when the price of meat and coffee and and gas goes up.
1: Yeah. It's it's not usually like just um poor people who like rise up and like rebel. It's usually when the middle class becomes poor. Uh that's usually when you see like actual like uh revolutions and things I mean, like you have that. to
0: have like, something to lose something so yeah exactly i mean things have to get bad right yes um if things are always bad uh, like yeah. you have in a lot of these places A lot of these developing nations with bifurcated Sort of societies where everybody's poor Except the people in charge and they're rich You know what I mean? Right, they're
1: very rich, yeah
0: So like you have, you have those kinds of issues Where, where you're not, revolution as a, as a concept Is rare in that kind of situation Because you, you got uh, You'd think it would be more common than it is Because you got nothing to lose, right? But right. things, you have to feel Like it's worse Right, exactly, yeah um, if you've just
1: grown up in a, a situation where you've like been poor all your life, let's say you're not necessarily if you, and you continue to remain poor it's a you know it's a shitty situation, but you're not you don't necessarily feel robbed of something right um necessarily as much as you would if you were like if you had a lot and it was taken from you or it, um you just lost it because of like um the government's policies or economic conditions of any given like country
0: exactly and i'm not saying that like that that doesn't happen right that 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 bifurcated societies with a very poor class and a very rich class that those very poor people don't you know rise up and eat the rich basically but (laughs) but it it absolutely happens but i i i would argue that that's still precipitated by things getting worse yes yes you know what i mean yep yep So it's it's one of those very interesting things. I I, I tend to uh, I I don't generally um, I learned a long time ago not to assume kind of what the social strata situation is in other countries, especially mm-hmm. in Asia, um, because it's very surprising sometimes you to find out that you know, for example, a country like Sri Lanka has like a very solid middle class, like a very firm. Um, functional middle class that has some luxury goods and and you know much like the middle class in the US might kind of live paycheck to paycheck but they can afford coffee you know right uh, it's, a, it's a very interesting thing um, okay so we can finally move on from that <laughs> that's Sri Lanka <laughs> no, um, that's what's going on there now you know yeah Not um, you, I, I didn't have a an... yeah
1: I did have another story here. Um, This is from MSN uh, News. Um, On the campaign trail, many Republicans talk of violence, right? And so this article is basically – I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll summarize it a little bit. Uh, This article is basically detailing how the rhetoric for many of these uh, Republican politicians, let's say – is now nowadays more openly hostile and more keen to talk about certain like violence um in an open frame and, and frame democrats or like their political opposition or other republicans let's say as almost a foreign enemy um so this is from uh D- david weigel uh he writes uh, days before maryland's july 19th primary michael uh, perutka i think that's how it's pronounced uh, stood up at an Italian restaurant in Rockville and imagined how a foreign enemy might attack America. And he goes on to say, uh, uh, quote, We would expect them to make our borders porous, uh, he told the crowd. Uh, we would expect them to make our cities unsafe places to live. We would expect them to ruin our economy. And he says, he's trying to make an analogy between, you know, what another foreign country might do uh, if we were at war with them, and what our domestic politicians are currently doing
0: of course um,
1: and the, basically the whole point of this is to say that um since the rise of trump in particular in certain populist candidates we've seen a much uh a much greater rise of uh, this type of rhetoric coming out of uh coming out of republicans um so i found this article a little bit interesting one i wanted to point out that this is not um a historical for for america (laughs) like this is weird a lot of of people seem to believe that there is just you know you know as a country um since america's founding we've always been very cordial in our uh, politics we've always been very like respectable of the other side this kind of like polite politics sort of frame where, you know, whenever there was any type of disagreement or discussion, we just sat down and we talked it out, right? And this is how, um, it's, it's, it's I think this is how a lot of people really believe it.
0: Um, and, I'm just and imagining you, like, all the stories of Andrew Jackson getting in fights yes. on the floor of Congress. Yes! <laughs> like Or was it the floor of the Senate? Now I can't remember. It's some legislative yeah, no. body. <laughs> right. But
1: The fact that the the senate in the senate people were almost beaten to death in the <laughs> senate like like not just that but during um during the presidential election of um or the campaign between um Thomas Jefferson and John Adams uh John Adams went on the campaign like was campaigning and said that if Thomas Jefferson gets elected your da- your daughters will be raped and murdered in the street like <laughs> He's oh my out. God, this, like these are. <laughs> this is not a new thing. It's it's new in relative terms, in the sense that a lot, you know, uh, for the past, like I don't know, since I don't know, the maybe the eighties and nineties, and I uh, guess a little bit before that, even. um There have been a, like a much more of a respectability for like the office well especially
0: since i mean you think about what happened um and and it does go back to kind of the 80s and 90s but especially post 9-11 there was this kind of there there was this kind of cultural uh uh, moment of unity um that lasted through the bush administration and i think into the obama administration i mean there's there's as much as people hated bush and kanye george bush Mm -hmm. who's black people all that stuff as much as people hated george bush um, the, the the that air of like unity still lasted all the way up to the probably yeah. Obama's second election. I mean, it's our Obama's second term.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't I think, think that ever really went away until Trump. I, I think right. Trump kind of brought it back out. Kind of, it said it's like it's just like with it, with this whole thing, right? It's like. In, in one sense, it's like I can understand, like, for someone who genuinely believes that story of America, that vision of America, that you know, well, we've always just talked about our differences in a peaceful manner, and you know, we've resolved them peacefully. And and, and there's some people who, most people, in fact, I'd say, who genuinely believe that's what the political process is. They genuinely believe the politics in general is just people come together to resolve their disputes. That's what they think democracy is. I'd be right. More specific. Um, and for people to see this type of rhetoric, that it it kind of like think, oh my god, what's happening to our country? And it's like, no, no, our, our country was founded uh, by drunks with guns uh, who who shot each <laughs> other in the street when they had a disagreement. People like, forget, this is...
0: people forget <laughs> that the core of United States political life began with a shooting war. Like people, yeah. Uh people people absolutely forget that the core of american political identity is violence like the core of american (laughs) political identity is a violent event the american revolution that is celebrated it's it's people were okay people were lied to about what happened at the boston massacre in order to justify a shooting war right <laughs> like the Boston Massacre I'm, I'm not saying that people weren't killed by British regulars of the Boston Massacre they were but those people were also throwing rocks at those regulars like it's not like they were peacefully protesting and throwing one of my history books when I was a kid said that it was snowballs oh really <laughs> yes that they were just throwing snowballs at the regulars and it's like yeah um, some of the more accurate accounts uh, said that there were snowballs and the snowballs had rocks in them
1: Oh, it's snowballs had rocks. Okay. In the book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of those things like that. It's not. Uh...
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: but yeah. No, like the, um,
1: like that's a, that's the funny thing, right? Is that American politics? It's almost like for for most people, when they talk about American history, it's almost like and you know even this is being generous, but even like pre Civil War America just does not exist. It only exists in like tales to like demonstrate a, a lesson about slavery. That's it. It yeah. doesn't actually exist. Exactly. It uh, didn't actually exist, and it has no like uh, you know heritage. There's no like uh, genealogy that leads up to now from it. It's like no, uh, this is, and this is you know when people talk about January 6th. It's like no uh, insurrections, and you know that I'm using that term loosely here in the January 6th case. But it's like that's as American as apple pie. <laughs> like yeah, that's
0: absolutely. Just, absolutely
1: Um, so when people talk about this violence this violent rhetoric it's like i i like there's just been this like you know this type of respectability politics where it's like people have lived this lie where it's like they really believe that the vast amount of people don't like genuinely hate the guts of like the other political party like yeah. they genuinely do and and they're getting and like the whole rise of the populist movement in general was this idea that these people that you hate are siding with the other people who are supposed to represent you and hating that other side and then they're buddy buddy <laughs> with each other right that's that's why pod, the whole populist thing even got off the ground in the first place which is like um republicans in general but also democrats too feel like they're getting screwed right? It's like, oh, you're getting screwed by the big guy, um, that right. type of thing. So, yeah, I, I don't think it should be surprising necessarily that this is kind of the result. Um, it, it, it's really, it's a really interesting frame of reference, because it's like, uh, like if you look at, like, political violence in America from, like, elected officials, it's like, this happens all the time. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Charles Sumner, uh, the, the senator who was trying to advocate for the abolition of slavery was almost beat to death on the senate floor like almost <laughs> murdered like he was he, senators got up with their canes and started like just uh, assaulting him he almost died on the senate floor <laughs> he was a senator
0: this idea that um, oh god i can't understand it i don't understand how people can lose sight um, he was a
1: congressman, not a senator. But yeah. Oh no, yeah, he was yeah. a senator. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he was a senator. Uh, the, 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 yeah. What I can't, I can't understand people who don't have, a fucking short. It's short memories. It's short fucking memories. Americans have such short fucking memories. Absolute, everything
1: is new. Nothing is. Nothing, everything is novel. There's no history to anything.
0: <laughs> exactly. Absolute goldfish memories. <laughs> There's no, I, I can't, I cannot comprehend. Think being surprised, and some of the quotes in this piece are like not even, not even like violent rhetoric. Like their rhetoric that right. it's it's stretching the definition of violent rhetoric. Yes, yes. In, in some of these quotes, um, like the, okay, quote their agenda is bringing America to its knees, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Says uh, Madrueski, uh, who is uh, seeking a House seat in the district. Yeah, that's around a mouth-
1: mouth quote. Like, if that's I have to. Mouth-
0: uh if i have to kick down doors that's what patriots do uh fucking that's not that's not violent rhetoric he's not saying we're going to kill people even the even the person who they're trying to frame as if he is saying we're going to kill people uh, republican senate candidate eric greitens yada 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 in one of his ads <clears throat> vowing to go quote rhino hunting like that's oh yeah. that was <laughs> That's a, that's, a, that's a rhetorical device like it's Rhino is an acronym that means uh. <laughs> I just can't I, I don't understand it's, it's stretching the definition of violent rhetoric they're not saying to go out and kill people and I guess some people would call that like I mean, crypto violent rhetoric but I don't know Yeah. I'm sure
1: a lot of these people do genuinely want to kill people, but I'm sure that I, I don't think the statement itself
0: lends itself to that necessarily. Exactly. That's you know what, what I'm trying mean? to say. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's just hilarious to me. You're absolutely right. There's there's this this belies a complete lack of historical uh, yeah. frame of reference. Any historical frame of reference at all. Like it's just history yeah. began in 2016.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: we just lived bread. in you know, a peaceful uh, you know country up until that point and then you know the orange man ruined everything <laughs>
0: yeah exactly mean tweets american democracy crumbling because of mean tweets orange
1: it's like orange man is like the uh, the original sin for politics, it's like Trump came in and just defiled everything, and now everything's downhill from here. That type <laughs> Trump, of
0: thing. Trump, Trump is Eve with the apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, oh, it's uh, so fucking bothersome. Um, kind of a- along those lines. Is there anything else you wanted to say about that story in particular?
1: No, I, I I just wanted to brush over it lightly. That's all.
0: Okay. Well, I I would say kind of along those lines. Everyday Bastiat, who is a uh, he's a he's a sort of independent political talker. Um, he's not really, if you don't know Everyday Bastiat, he's he tends to be all right. I mean, generally, um, he's
1: a classic liberal in the more
0: neoliberal tradition. Yes, so not classic
1: liberal in like the classic like minarchist sense necessarily, but more in like the neoliberal tradition. Right. Um, that type of thing.
0: But he also he tends to be uh he's he's he thinks at least. Like generally, I've watched a couple of his streams, he he's not an idiot. He thinks, you know what I mean? It's just sometimes what he thinks is dumb. Yeah. And this is an example of that. <laughs> he posted a thread <laughs> yesterday. Um and and I, 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 I I'll I'll run through the thread, but I'm I'm not going to read every bit of it. It's rather long. But uh, the first tweet, um, imagine calling for, quote, national divorce. If folks are so unable to get along, they cannot share a common country. Why would you think they could peaceably divide that country's resources? Calls for national divorce are calls for civil war out of either ignorance or deceit. Fortunately, calls for national divorce are as hopeless as calls to overthrow capitalism, disband the Senate or abolish the states. We will live together in freedom and prosperity or tyranny and misery. But either way, our great country is too great a prize. We will live as one. (laughs) Uh, calls for disunion are nevertheless a threat we must oppose. Their purpose is to discredit our institutions and hope that we lose faith in our democratic republic altogether and accept greater tyranny abroad and at home in its place. Uh, their calls to subvert our liberty. Okay, those are the first three tweets in the thread. Yeah. <laughs> um, my dude, the institutions are subverting your liberty. Your liberty, like right now. Right, like the the institutions have been discredited. They are thoroughly discredited by their own actions. <laughs>
1: also, I just wanted to say he talks about like, well, you know, um, if you can't get if you can't get along, like within the country, what makes you think you could peacefully divide up the resources? And while I don't think that that criticism is without some merit. The point is that if you stay together, you're more likely to, you know, in- ensure violence later on. Right. That's exactly it's, quite, so like human, it's like, like, the- like if, if two couples are having a divorce, right. Um, the, the fact that there might be a, a really heated court battle maybe to divide up the property between the two, uh, uh, parties. Right. but, the fact that that could happen doesn't mean that either party necessarily wants to stay in the same under the same roof together exactly uh, right (laughs) because that might be a much worse thing um so
0: because they'll end up
1: killing each other anyway right but see that it's, it's as long as they're united under the same like roof or name or whatever then it's not civil war it's only civil war if it's Two separate countries, which is a completely backwards thing, too. Exactly. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I I don't have, I I can't, I don't understand this line of thinking where the assumption is that the United States must stay together uh, because. (laughs) Right. Like, I I, I can't find in this whole thread, I can't find a reason that the union is sacrosanct.
1: Because our country is too great to uh, too rate of a prize. That's that's all he says. That that's yeah. the only reason I can see. But that alone is that it's like okay, what? Why do you think this?
0: Yeah, there's no justification. Why? Why is the union so sacred to you? Uh, because it's a sacred thing. Okay, but why? Like, what makes the union so special?
1: Right. Like, you know, this is something. This is something that bothers me too. About right is that they they talk about well because he, he says here. Wait, let me find it. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, calls for disunion are nevertheless we must oppose it uh, uh, in the hope that we lose faith. So he's talking about how, like, the, there's some people who are calling for secession because they're trying to discredit uh, the institutions. One, as you said, they've already been discredited. Like, they've done this themselves. There's no, like like, sure, could there be some foreign power or something trying to discredit institutions? Sure, but that's so small in comparison to what the institutions themselves have done. Over time? Yeah, he's like, like they are (laughs) called to
0: subvert our liberty. What are the institutions doing right now? Exactly, yeah. You're scared about this phantom liberty subversion, but it's it's happened. It's happening. If you think, uh, he goes on to say at one point, he says, um, um, let me see if I can find the exact, uh, the exact tweet. Um... Uh, da, da, da. As the old line goes, there's nothing wrong with America that cannot be made better by what is right with America, and our country's history bears that out. Yada yada yada. He's talking about the democratic republic, like the American democratic yeah. republic, the political process that is that is relatively unique to the United States. Fine, but if you think that the American democratic republic can defeat the iron law of oligarchy, I've got a <laughs> FISA court to show you. <laughs> there's a there, there's this is there's this weird thought that um american um uh and it's, it's weirdly specific to, to oh maybe it's not weirdly specific to them but on a global scale but it's the, the american um moderate yes ignores the iron law of oligarchy like it doesn't exist I don't think
1: most people in America have even heard of it, to be quite honest with you. James. Oh, so I, sure,
0: like, I, and I understand yeah. that. But I, I, I agree.
1: Like the, I, but
0: yeah, like not the formal thing. I mean, but but just the the under. I think it's relatively understood. We have phrases that float around, things like "power corrupts," and yeah. uh, like these kind of these. I mean.
1: I think people can get a glimpse of it, but I don't think they've ever fully, like, contextualized, like, what it actually means, you know what I mean? So oftentimes they'll say, well, they'll see the corruption from the oligarchy, but they won't see the full oligarchy itself, right? They'll never peek behind the curtain all the way. They'll just see little glimpses behind the curtain that, oh, this is, you know, really bad. Um, but but then most people seem to think, oh, we'll just replace them with someone
0: else. Right, you know? like like voting works. Like, they think voting yeah. works. And it's, 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 it's such a horrible lie. Um, it, this, this, thing, this, if the iron law of oligarchy and I'll, I'll just, just for a short explanation, the iron law of oligarchy basically states that any democratic organization will eventually become oligarchic. Yeah. Um, and it must necessarily because any organization that is democratic must have bureaucracy and bureaucracy breeds oligarchy. You can't have a a democratic organization, especially at scale, without having oligarchy. Like you have to; those things come together. There's there's nothing there's nothing that can possibly separate them outside of very intense localization. And I also disagree with all of these fucking political scientists and like like communists and stuff who think that hyper-localization means that the same things aren't at play. Oh right like people will talk about like a oh, hyper local government is you, is is this like, Local
1: government is extremely corrupt like <laughs> exactly. I don't know if they've ever been I don't know if they've ever like uh, like been to like a city council meeting before in their lives or anything
0: like that but like these things are shit show <laughs> yeah fucking <it's not laughs> horrible I mean we've heard it we've seen it out of, out of Vivaldi if you yes. don't see oligarchy in that situation where you've got people. Uh, anyway, you don't see the oligarchic right. nature of that. I can't help you. Like, even democratic institutions at any scale become right. oligarchic it doesn't matter how small or, or large they are or local or whatever the the, the iron law of oligarchy applies there too there, there's there's all these exceptions people list like there's a there's a union that was a hyper union of printers right and it had to be right. hyper local because printing was a hyper thing you couldn't just order business cards on the right. internet right you had to go to your local print shop and what he paid for ink and paper and all that stuff is is that's all very local right and so they said that this was immune to the iron law of oligarchy. But I'm like, wait a minute. If that local union of printers had a board, it's oligarchical. Like, right. it, it must be because there's this idea that the smaller you can make an organization. The only organization that does not have an oligarchic structure is an organization among peers. Right and that's not to say hierarchy that's not to say that hierarchy is bad right it's it, I think hierarchy works in a lot of cases business ownership for example right yeah um, hierarchy is good there um, hierarchy is good in a lot of places but in if you're specifically talking about a democratic institution right the only way that doesn't become oligarchic is if it is non-hierarchical Right If it's an agreed upon thing A contract between you and me Is not oligarchic And we could bring in as many right. parties to that contract As we wanted to And it would not be oligarchic It, would not be, it wouldn't be hierarchical But right. as soon as someone's in charge of it <laughs> Right <laughs> It's necessary This, this thing the, uh, I say all of that to say this I do not understand how American moderates – I shouldn't say it that way. I do understand how. It is frustrating to me that American moderates seem to believe that the inherent flaws in a democratic republic or any state structure, but especially a democratic republic, can be defeated by the democratic republic.
1: Right. And, and you know this is another thing in like the iron law of oligarchy um that I find really interesting is that um the the idea that you know is specifically talking about like a, a political organization is that you can't really check the political organization with the political organization like if for most people when they consider democracy, it's not merely just a, a thin like thing where it's like oh yeah it's like you know the voice of the people or it's not i mean not just like a uh, political organization where you know um the most votes win when people talk about democracy they also incorporate things like the media in there too right when they're oh, sure. About, well, our democracy it's like but uh, the media is also vulnerable extremely vulnerable in this case to political power right because they the media is more likely to uh, cozy up with the people in power because those people in power can offer them benefits and offer them like ease of access for certain like uh you know um uh, coverage in let's say in the media things like that so this whole idea that you know um there, there's this very american like thing where it's like well the media is designed to um keep a check on the people in power right it, it, that's just ostensible like that's just what the that's just what is said. that's the nominal that's not,
0: relationship that yeah. doesn't mean it's going to happen
1: or that the incentives are aligned in such a way for it that it it would likely happen like right. none of these are true
0: because it's leaders just- leaders control the um leaders control uh reprisal so yeah. the idea that you that, that the especially when you have the media inlaid in the bureaucracy that's what the fcc is Right. The FCC fact, links the media and the bureaucracy yeah. in a in, in an undeniable way. Now, of course, it only applies to broadcast, so it's things like radio and the the major yeah. television networks. But um, the cable channels comply largely with FCC regulation, not not in whole, but have especially traditionally. I mean, it wasn't until like what Breaking Bad that network or that mm-hmm. that cable television was showing things that you couldn't show on network TV, right? Um. Like, like that kind of thing, that, 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 that sort of, <clears throat> I, I, the bureaucracy and the media are the same institution.
1: And, it, yeah, and it's also, like, you know, most of the journalists that are often considered, like, heroic who actually did, like, you know, put their own, like, uh, credentials on the line to actually, like, expose some political corruption or something, the rest of the media usually hated them. Like, oh, yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> look at Julian Assange. Not just Julian. It's not. Think about this, Like uh, we saw what happened with Trump. Yeah. When Trump was kicking people out of the the press pool. Yeah. And so everyone, was, oh, this is an anti-democratic and yada yada. It's like he gets to do that. Right. That's that's within his locus of authority. Right. And who's gonna say no? He, I mean, he, he's in control of it. So the this, and also
1: also for one. For one, uh, people talked about that, but uh, what they don't see, right, is that the whole idea of like having, you know, you have the press corps there in the White House, but it's like the president chooses which people get to ask questions in the first place. Yeah. Like that's what happens all the time. Whenever there's a president, and, and like there's journalists asking him questions, they he does not have to like let any of them ask the question, or and he does not have to answer any of the questions. He determines who gets to ask that question.
0: Yeah, like if you're not if you are not a regime-friendly figure, if you're even in the press pool, which is unlikely, no one's gonna fucking answer your questions. Right. You don't get to speak. So the, right. there's this, this notion. Uh, I. I the iron law of oligarchy is called an iron law for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of those things. I mean, and again, and, and pieces of it float around in the public consciousness, this idea that power corrupts this right. this this sort of um, and it, it, it's it links in. I mean, in American political history, it links into the progressive movement. And that's tied uh, inexorably. I mean, even it affects I say this to say it affects things like criminal justice the whole mm-hmm. movement against jury nullification is rooted in a progressive era elitism they yes. the, they they were actively hate they actively yes. hated juries they thought judges should be the ultimate deciders of fact and law right the progressive elites i mean this was <clears throat> this was something roosevelt believed the 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 progressive elites teddy the progressive elites um, believe that they should control everything this this theory yes. elitist theory is true political yeah, theory. theory yeah, yeah. And, and it's and it's one of those things that you, you all of this is rooted in part in that at least that's where it began in the United States but you even have things going all the way back to fucking Plato's Republic where you have you know oh, the, yeah. the, that's what the lie is that's what the when you when you tell people that certain people have fucking gold in their blood and they should lead that's just elite right. yeah like it, 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 it's it's a it, 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 I I don't understand I don't understand it I don't understand it I don't I don't understand how people can so ignore especially when you have a population of people who have to like go protest their property taxes all the time and stuff like that where it's like I mean part of everyday life when you deal with the state is this I it think- illuminates this fact.
1: I think for most people, though, it's just like they have a lot going on in their daily lives. Their daily lives are consumed by a lot of things. And to be they they just don't feel the need or like uh, uh, they don't feel the need to even engage in connecting these theories necessarily because it's not like it's going to produce any fruitful results for them. Do you know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. A lot of
1: people. It's just like, what's the point? There's no, it's like, I'm not going to be able to change anything. I'm just going to try to live my life, which I think is a respectable position. I do but not I do blame wish people, them
0: a bit do for wish, that.
1: But I do wish people were a little more um, at least consistent or could see, you know, they could see the man behind the curtain a little bit more. Yeah,
0: so was, I, well, I, I think you're absolutely people. right. Most people living paycheck to paycheck, trying to make sure there's food on the table. They shouldn't have to care about this stuff. Yeah. Um, that is absolutely true and correct, and I do not begrudge them that. I really don't. I yep. mean, there's there's people who get really mad at the population, and yeah. and there are people who get really angry about like why can't you idiots see blah blah blah, blah. and mm-hmm. uh, especially during COVID, I had a little bit of that. But I'm I'm at the point now where it's but but that was also an extreme case. Like people are being forced to stay in their yep. homes and not work. If your primary right. concern is putting food on the table, th- now you should be worried. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But in any case, I I just I don't begrudge the average person or and I mean by that, I mean a person of average interests, right? Like person who's just trying to live their life and is not an autistic fuck like me. Um, (laughs) I don't begrudge them that their concerns don't include my concerns.
1: Exactly. Yeah,
0: that's fine. But I do. I still care about them and and I right. do still I do still want them to be freer than they are and because I mean in, on, on some level it's a little bit selfish I mean that's the Simone de Beauvoir idea is if one person in the world is unfree everyone is unfree if one person is making decisions in a condition of unfreedom uh, that affects every uh, simple causality everything that happens after that is affected by that decision made in a condition of unfreedom you know what I mean
1: so yeah i i'm more of the more of the thought process of like i I think it was mankin who said like i love freedom but i don't love it enough to force it on people which is a little bit of a paradoxical statement that i don't like i i don't agree with in the sense of you know in the in the literal sense of what those words mean together but i get what he's saying do you know what i mean i totally understand that, that yeah yeah in where it's it's like um i'm fine if if, like people aren't willing to actually you know uh, if if they don't care about their freedom to a huge amount um and they're not being imposed upon like to a huge extent to where they're suffering then i'm not going i'm not going to like you know um not to say i wouldn't i'm not going to like support them if they in their freedom in trying to find their freedom but i'm not going to like you know um it's not going to keep me up at night do you know what i mean like i I agree with that
0: i agree with that i guess it's i guess it's a, a the difference between a practical view and an existential view of the thing where it's like a, a, from a practical perspective i totally agree with you I, I i can't i i'm not i'm not out here telling people or well i guess i am but i'm not out here holding a gun to somebody's head saying care about this shit like i don't i can't right. do that Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know what i mean and
1: also also like I, I think it's kind of freeing to say that okay, you can you can tell these people all these things, but ultimately it's out of your control, right? Like it's it's completely out of your control whether they actually, you know Um, follow through on what you said or not or like um, continue on the path to like learning and like uh, wanting wanting freedom in the first place it's kind of out of your control which is kind of a scary thing uh for most people because they're like well you know in in some sense your freedom also is contingent upon them wanting freedom too
0: that's the Uh, existential (laughs) problem that i have is i I do agree with someone to before when she says if one person is unfree all are unfree like, I, I I think that's true, but
1: I, I wouldn't agree to that extent. But I would certainly say that certainly in your local community, if everyone in your community, like, let's say, wants slavery, the idea that you're going to be enslaved or be oppressed by certain policies um, is highly likely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, something like that. Yeah.
0: But it's one of those things. I, I, I It's one of I was thinking about this. Actually, you, you bring up a good point. And I was thinking about this with regard to uh, some of the like some of the shit that I see on Twitter, especially all of the shit relating to the Pride Month stuff and all that. One of the hardest urges to let go of Mm -hmm. when you are a person who is is being deeply introspective about what freedom means. One of the hardest things to let go of is the desire to control others. Right. And when I was a kid, there was, a, there was a radio show when I was a kid. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't know if it's still on the air. I certainly hope it is. There's it a little local radio talk show uh, hosted by a man named Robert Pratt in West Texas, and uh, he was a civil libertarian. And one of the things that he said that has stuck with me forever, and that my dad and I talked about for a long time, like uh, is this idea that freedom hurts. That oh, yeah. if you care about freedom, it requires that you watch someone do something that you would not have them do. Yes. But so long as they are not impinging on anyone else's freedom and, you know, that can get squishy and interesting and we can have those conversations. But from a broad view, as long as they're not impinging on anyone else's freedom, you have to let them do it. Mm-hmm. And it hurts. It It, it is painful to watch right. someone hurt themselves especially right. someone you care about yeah. Um, but it's very much like dealing with an addict where it's like you 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 cannot you can you have to allow an addict to hit their rock bottom whatever that means for them before you can step in and help because if you step in and help before that they will just take advantage of you
1: right freedom doesn't really mean much unless you're free to make your own mistakes for yourself exactly like that right so it 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 really does require this like higher sense of like um because i i think for most people i think generally i i don't have i i don't necessarily have like like scientific studies to back this up not that i put too much weight on those in the first place but the idea that i think for most people politically they have certain uh, proclivities to find things gross and I think that they then extend that out into, that's gross, I don't like it, it should be illegal. Sure. Right? I think that's often how people kind of navigate uh, the world. And that's not to say that all their opinions on what should be illegal are wrong, but I think that's generally the basis, the catalyst from where like a lot of people's political opinions spawn from.
0: Sure. And I think that, I, I, and, and uh, to add on to your point, and I'm not sure if you would agree with this statement, but... I I think there is value in that. I I think the, Mm -hmm. there's a reason that we evolved a disgust response and that, Oh yeah, I agree. It it is, it is very informative. I mean, that's one of the things that tells us that something is wrong. You know what I mean? Um, but the, 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 there's, there then becomes a question of what do you do about that? Right. And that's where things start to break down to a certain extent. I, I, and just like that, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk... I'm not talking specifically about like kids at drag shows or whatever, because that's mm-hmm. fucking gross and wrong, and we agree that having kids mm-hmm. at a, especially something that's sexual is gross and wrong. Um, mm-hmm. But... I, 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 for other things, right? For other shit, just generally, freedom is painful. Right. Valuing freedom requires you to have the low time preference position that people will make mistakes and that has to be okay.
1: Well, it's like, you know, freedom of speech means nothing if it doesn't mean the freedom for someone else to say something you utterly hate. Exactly. Uh, Right? So in the same way, freedom means that you have to, like if if you see someone doing something you fundamentally disagree with, as long as they're not, you know, violating the rights of someone else uh, within that context, um, then that means you have to let them do it. Uh, if you if you value freedom, right? If you right. value someone's freedom, you have to allow them to do things that you would never do yourself, or you would never recommend someone do, or you know, yada yada yada.
0: I see it as again, I, I draw the connection to dealing with an addict. You you, mm-hmm. if you're trying to help an addict who doesn't want help, you're enabling, and that's right. that's not going to that doesn't end well for them. It hurts them ultimately, and then you become a victim of of whatever motivation is there for that person to to hurt you whether it's right. stealing from you or whatever it is like you, you the, so it hurts to let somebody destroy themselves and they might not live through it but right. ultimately there's nothing you can do to stop it um at at a certain point you just can't practically stop it and then if you want to bring ethics into it it's like the things you have to be willing to do to stop it are apart <laughs> right so it's a i just it hurts freedom hurts you have to let go of this desire to control others and that is difficult yeah yeah
1: because i i think there's all i think it's also it's it's there's a part of it that's obviously natural but i think there's also a part of it that's um, socially ingrained which is oftentimes um, when people are in school or when they're very young um, they're often told about like um, like um, it, when when children are being taught about democracy, for example, they're often taught about they're often told to think about okay, if if you were the what would you do uh, if you just could control everything, right? And that's how you should vote. Um, it's like, okay, if you were the ruler of the world and you had things like you wanted it, uh, they would say that, okay, those are your political beliefs. Now go vote on those. So people are taught from a very young age as like, okay, I have these beliefs. And it's my role as a citizen to advocate enforcing them on everyone else. Exactly, um, and, and that, that's essentially like what uh, children are taught from a very young age in school, even if it's completely implicit. Um, so I think that's like a very like tyrannical type of like, di- imagine yourself as a dictator of the world and like, yeah, imagine you could have everything and then you vote for that dictator <laughs> and then vote for that. <laughs> yes. Yeah,
0: exactly. I just can't, yeah. I, it, it, I, uh... I I, I think it's very. uh, uh.
1: There's also, I think something to be said though, about um, as well, that um, I I think that you see this, uh, it it applies to both. I'm going to use conservatives as an example here. A lot of conservatives opposition to freedom, liberty, anarchism, you know, whatever um, stems from um, a basis of, they'll talk about virtue, right? Well, um, freedom, the problem with like having it with anarchism is that people are going to live, uh, uh, you know, uh, Impious lives
0: um, cho- make choices and, that are not virtuous
1: yes they 're going to make choices that are not virtuous, and this is ultimately going to degrade the moral uh, value of society in general if this you know if people are allowed to make all these bad choices, but I think one of the the main problems and I think this is ultimately the conservative failing in general is that you cannot have virtue. Um, grow from a place of coercion virtue can uh, um, exist in a place of freedom when people are free to choose or it can, uh, and it can also um, grow from opposition to coercion. Um, so obviously we would say people have done many virtuous things throughout history in opposing certain coercion. And they've also people we, we would say can also do things um, virtuous when they're just acting freely, right? Whether that be like uh, giving money to some stranger on the street um, you know uh, whatever but the moment you introduce coercion into this uh, scenario we can no longer say that they are acting virtuous because it, it, now you, if, v- if, virtue if, like, has scenario, to be chosen yes it has to be chosen freely um uh, so you have to be able to so any type of person if you like let's say you someone gave money to someone on the street we would uh most people would generally say that is a virtuous act um, if, if you, but if you then someone pointed a gun at the back of this person's head and said, uh, like we reround rewound time and then, uh, started it over again. And then, but this time someone put a gun at the back of this person's head and said, you have to give this person your money. Um, we wouldn't necessarily say that person's acting, acting virtuously, uh, because virtue requires a certain level of authenticity to be virtuous in the first right. place exactly and, that, and authenticity requires you to be free to choose um, so and, and,
0: uh, and not just that, but I think it's also important uh, to your point um, the, it also requires a certain degree of what people would um, of what people call um oh shit, I've forgotten the word uh, the um, fuck, hold on a second. Have to remember it. Uh, altruism. I don't yes. know why I lost that word, but I did. Um, it, it requires a certain degree of what people call altruism. Um, yes. Now, I'm one of these people who's of the position that altruism has a selfish root. Altruism is a we we are, we. Uh, this is one of the things that's talked about in the Moral Animal, even though they it doesn't really agree with me on this point, but it it underlines it, which is interesting. Um, altruism serves. Us because we feel good when we do good things for other people. So the, the 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 human beings, and I say this to to underscore your point, which is that human beings want to choose virtuous actions. Um, the 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 sort of uh, at least altruistic ones, the sort of uh, um, hedonist person that people are very afraid of is a relatively rare person. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm.
1: I would so I I would certainly say that there are, I I certainly agree that there are people who will do good things because it makes them feel good. I'm not necessarily sold on the fact that all virtue or all altruistic action necessarily has a selfish root. Cuz I I think you can come up with certain examples where people so there's um oh god I forgot what the condition's called but it's an extreme form of apathy. Where they uh, the person has no like positive emotions, like their serotonin receptors are just like dead practically, um, and these people still do virtuous actions even though they get no like response from it necessarily. So I, I think that you can still have like that type of action, um, but I but I would certainly agree that I think most. I think a, or not maybe not most, but a lot of people do gen, do good things because it doesn't make them feel good. I think that's probably uh, pretty true.
0: Well, there's also social reciprocity. I mean, people will do yeah. people do good things for other people because uh society then owes you one. Right. Like that like yeah. that's a, that's that's one of these things this idea of reciprocity ultimately enforces human morality in in the in the in the sense that if you yes. if you if you if you treat someone poorly, we have a running tab in our brain of who's fucked us over and who helped us. Yes.
1: Right. So this is also why like markets and trade work. <laughs> really, this exactly. is like really why it does is because um, oftentimes when you had like if you had tribes, let's say, and that none the tribes did not know each other. They never traded, but they encountered one another. Likely the likelihood that um, there would be violence between them is much higher um, if they don't choose to trade. Right. If they yep. don't choose to engage in any type of activity that could foster some type of relationship um between the,
0: the between shit the we talked about this before and I can't remember the theory that that you're describing what was it called shit um it was a game theory thing um oh oh god yeah um ah uh, fuck I can't remember I can't remember like, I don't
1: remember the name either, but yeah basically basically the idea obviously is uh the the moment you establish a, a, a like a, a trade with someone a partnership you have established something that you know that this person at least is uh you know even in some shallow sense right in the even in the most shallow sense even it's, it's right because one of the good things about markets is that it works even if a person is completely selfish even if they're completely selfish yep it can still produce like altruistic ends and that's what's like really cool about markets um, so even if we assume that both people are only care about themselves in this case um, they're still less likely to do violence because they know that, okay, I have a trade relationship with this person and now I am going to get something uh, that I value and he's going to get something that he values. and we're both going to like benefit from this uh, consensual
0: trade. And choosing violence raises the risk profile of the transaction. So like if you're if, if, if you come across a tribe you've never met before and you decide rather than trading for their resources, you're just going to take their resources, now you've got to give up lives to make that happen.
1: Exactly, and also, not only is uh, violence expensive in just like a brute cost, but it's also expensive in the form of it's unpredictable. So, not only do you not have a certainty that you're going to win a violent encounter, but you also don't know what the consequences of that violent encounter will be later on, even if you do win. Well, you have to. Uh, I mean,
0: it ultimately it enforces uh, choosing violence. Ultimately, enforces the idea of genocide. If you choose violence, you must choose genocide, because if you don't, you're going
1: to get you're going to get retaliation. Yes, there
0: are reprisals and it will end poorly for you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So in the end, everyone is poorer off um, even like than they would have been had they just traded. Uh, Exactly. So even the the winner, um, he may have, you know, to the victor goes the spoils type thing where, yeah, I guess he has whatever resources are left, but the total number of resources that are left are now much lower and uh, worth much less now with less people there to yeah. produce. And so. and
0: the other thing uh, to your point to the victor goes, the spoils that I've always, uh, I've not always, but ever since I've been thinking about this kind of thing, it seems to me that, that that's an incomplete statement. Um, right. <laughs> to the victor goes, the spoils for now. Yeah. This, uh,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Cause there's, there is, uh, and we've talked about the idea of political victory being temporary in all cases, military victory is too. Like your 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 military uh, dominance has a sell by date, and it will eventually come. So forming a relationship that's that's codependent is better.
1: Right. That's the thing about violence is that it uh, spirals out of control once it starts. um, Even the person who, even if you had a plan about how the violence might go, you don't know that's how it's going to play out. Uh, you don't have an a, a surety there, so there's always a much higher level of risk that is elevated once the violent encounter starts. And of course, once violence starts, it's much harder to deescalate once you pass a certain threshold, right? Right. Um, at a certain threshold, it's almost impossible to deescalate. Uh, and that's why it's just it, it's it's a very bad just strategically. If you like like even if we're taking the the selfish man here uh, scenario where like he all he cares about is himself um there are many good practical reasons why you should uh you know it, it is better for you to choose peace and cooperation over over violence there's um, a story
0: it, and it might yeah. be apocryphal but mm-hmm. there's a story about ben franklin that um <clears throat> ben franklin was a master manipulator uh this dude was uh, and he was a genius in yeah. that way but one of the things that he uh, and again this might be apocryphal but i heard this story a very long time ago and never fact checked it or whatever but it's but it's stuck in my brain as being true um at least the, the what it implies is true um ben franklin had there was a guy who he did not get along with he was he was, a, he was an opponent uh politically and socially and he um needed to get this guy on his side and so uh, i'm oversimplifying the story but um so what he did was he went to the guy and he asked to borrow a book hey man I can't find this book I can't find a copy of this book anywhere I know you have one can I borrow your copy of this book and the guy let him borrow it and building upon that transaction they were able to form an alliance The
1: oh right like a foot in the door tactic
0: exactly yeah. the, the funny little twist to, the, to this thing is that Ben Franklin had three copies of that book <laughs> right. So he's, he did yeah. It was a lie, but the the lie was designed to create. It it was designed to manipulate the um the the this the that reciprocity calculator, so that the guy then then thought, okay, well he owes me one. He's not going to fuck me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 that that reciprocity calculator. Then you can you you can leverage that and build a relationship that ends up being a functional al- ally like right. that, that idea. The, so, so trading, uh, this applies to to what you were talking about with trade, trade triggers that reciprocity calculator yes. and, and it, it causes people to be friendly instead of, instead of right. Uh, uh, enemies. Right.
1: And from my understanding, and this could be wrong, but from my understanding, the, uh, the social phenomenon of the handshake um is a thing like when people would uh encounter each other um to show that they weren't armed they would extend their hand right and they they would extend their hand in, in a vulnerable way and then this would show the other person okay uh, this person is not armed so he put himself out vul- vulnerably i'm going to put myself out vulnerably and they would meet in a handshake right it,
0: uh, yeah, that uh... <clears> that it's a it's a it's a it's a fascinating thing, but this idea that we we put ourselves in a position of vulnerability in order to, uh, and this and this applies to, Again, I'm effectively in a position now where I'm I'm preparing to be a contract attorney. <laughs> right. This these these concepts are very important. Um, you give a little to get a little, right? You have yes. to. That's all a negotiation is. And if you can. And, and you try to manipulate that to your favor of course but, but you can if you give up on a thing it kind of, it kind of reminds me of a good illustration of this is uh, if you make a movie and mm-hmm. you want a certain scene to get past the censors you put a worse scene in that you're willing to cut right
1: yes exactly and
0: the censors get all concerned about that one you didn't really care if it was in the movie anyway but you needed it there in order to make a deal with the censors and the censors say okay cut this out and you'll get this rating you'll get PG-13 or whatever well then I get my fuck with it just like haggling for a
1: higher price an absurdly high like rate or something and then coming down to a more uh, reasonable rate but the reasonable rate was the one you wanted the whole time exactly
0: and everyone knows that's how you do it but it works yeah (laughs) it works because people it's it works on a on a human level on a very human animal level um it just works we like making deals we really mm, yeah. enjoy it <laughs> yeah. right yeah <laughs> so it's a it's a fascinating and that's, and that's thing. also why
1: i despise hobbs i like i hate i hate him so much i hate his guts um, is that hobbs is i i think not maybe not solely responsible but certainly in american culture the american zeitgeist at least has incorporated a Hobbesian framework of human beings in general into like what they think a human being is and how a human being acts. Uh, right. Especially like, like this whole idea that, um, well, if there was no central authority, keeping us all in check, we'd all be murdering our neighbors right now. That type of shit. You know what I mean? Um,
0: Hobbes was it, wrong about life in the state of nature. He was just wrong about it. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he, he didn't, just, I don't blame him. They didn't have anthropology right like he right. didn't have like well, like actual yeah. anthropology wasn't what it is you know what I mean so he, yeah. he was working with the best with what he's got and his own kind of cynical view of man and that's fine but he was wrong
1: <laughs> right yeah, I guess maybe my hatred of Hobbes is more like it's not completely on Hobbes himself it's more that this wrong idea got like
0: popular <laughs> you know I what I mean I don't personally hate Hobbes as much I hate Hobbesians they're fucking. Yeah. They're oh, wrong. Yeah. They're just applying the a wrong li- idea. Right now. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like when you have evidence to the contrary all the time, and it, it's not like if it's obviously the Hobbesians, it's easy for them to say, "Oh well, look at this," you know, uh, awful, awful shit that happened in here, here, here. But we have many evidence, of, much evidence of the contrary, that uh, people are aren't just like secretly out to like fuck each other over at a moment's notice. Um, because like when when you look at uh, like for example natural disasters, uh, a lot of times there are in a, there is an increase of robberies. That's true, but there's also a, a huge increase of mutual aid. Like yeah. you see this all the time, <clears throat> all the time in all mind you in other places. And so it's not you can't just say oh well, it's it's probably just a, a social phenomenon that's unique to like you know this geography. No, in other places of the world. Uh, natural disasters you see a similar type of behavior which is that uh, people go out of their way to help their neighbors in many uh, like perilous conditions that they could die in
0: yeah (laughs) like yeah, but, um, for, all the people, for all the people who were out looting I mean you think about Kirk and Katrina For all the people who were out looting right. and shit like that, that That gave birth I'm not sure if it, the organization originated there Or if it um, was pre-existing But it certainly raised the profile of and, and, and gave birth to public knowledge of These people who take their fucking boats out And save people from floods As a matter of yes. course Yes like, like they, they, And they just do that because right. we want to help, <laughs> like so. For every person that's out looting a fucking uh, fucking electronics store, there's somebody with a boat who's saving someone's life.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs>
0: or or at least the number of lives saved is matching the number of TVs stolen. Like you're not right. there's some form of parity there that that, that 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 those things rise that that people who take advantage of those situations and people who um use those situations to be helpful. Those things rise at the same rate at the same time. Right. Like they're not I I I would be very surprised if there were evidence that um that the at the end of the day you do the math on it that the number of people taking advantage of the situation outweighs the number of people who help and who save lives and the number of lives saved, save, like all that stuff that happens on the other right. side of that equation um, yeah, people stole TVs who gives a fuck this dude's right. out here with a boat saving lives fucking call the dude who stole the TV an asshole he is but, right. this other guy is where your attention should be I, I mm. I agree with you. I, you're, you're. I, I say all that to say you're right, <laughs> and I'm just jerking you off. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, it's also
1: right. Like for the Hobbesians, they they have this belief where, right? So the, the idea that well, humans need this social structure, right? They need uh, the, the idea behind so the, the idea behind Hobbesian, Hobbesianism in the first place is that humans are in a natural state of war with each other at all times, and by creating a essentially a superstructure of violence above them like a, a leviathan um above them that has the sole authority and the capacity to administer legal violence over a given geographic area um this will keep them in check with each other um because kind of now they have more problems to deal with
0: yeah. <laughs> but, um, well yeah well uh, now they're now they're more scared of the the sword hanging over their head than than the yes. other guy yeah yeah Uh, So they have this idea that which is questionable in itself. There's all kinds of stuff in the literature that you come across when you're uh, studying law. There's all kinds of stuff in the literature that talks about the retributive effect, or not the retributive, but the uh, um, what's the term? Um, It's another word I lost now. Uh, The uh, the uh, uh, I'm going to use the wrong word that the the idea that law disincentivizes lawlessness or lawless behavior. Oh right, Um, right. The, the and I can't remember the word for it, but um, the and I I I know the word. It's just gone. But the, uh, the, the that idea is argued about in the literature. There's no agreement that laws actually stop people from doing what they want to do, regardless. Um, right. Yeah. At least in it, any it, significant degree.
1: And it, if if people were just looking to like uh, fuck each other over without some higher authority at play, um, it would seem to me that then um like the moment any state like or any state immediately collapsed people would immediately try to kill each other and while there are certainly people as we said that do try do like immediately go try to rob or kill or something like that those people do exist it's not that the hobbesians are like completely wrong uh but it, it's it's the fact that they're wrong enough to disqualify their main argument which exactly is that, uh, exactly people in general that it's an intrinsic trait of human nature for yeah, to do that's it.
0: just not that the case. That is where they're
1: wrong. It's not true, and it's and we can, sh- as you said, with anthropology, we know this isn't true, um, because if you're making a universalist claim that this uh, this is a, an intrinsic fact of human nature, and I can show you w- even one counterexample, then that shows you it's not intrinsic. And it's um, and so- it's,
0: and it's, it's served also beautifully by <clears throat> the incentives. Of that are human nature, Uh, uh, all going all the way to the selfish gene. All of these things, all of uh, uh, human beings' desire for cooperation over violence is something that is intrinsic to our desire to procreate, our desire to continue the species. The the gene, if 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 our conception of of human of humankind is correct, that we are a a machine that is designed to propagate our genetic structure right and that is ultimately uh w- 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 the strongest sort of animal force in us and of course there's other things you know to consider um but as far as animal forces go that's the one that drives us and and uh would have driven the evolution of our brains in a in in, in early man yeah all of that all of that pushes us toward incentivizes cooperation over yes. violence.
1: And this is, um, this is one of my favorite um, thing. This is actually ties into like market activity in general. I forget who originally coined the term, um, but I, and I know, well, I, I know Mises was, the, so Mises came out with the book human action, right? And it's sort of like the econ- Austrian economic treatise on economics. Um And basically, um, Mises was going to title it, and I think it would have been a better title, uh, Social Cooperation. That was going to be the original title of Human Action. It's a better Um, title. It is a better title. It's what Uh, the book's
0: actually about.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But um, there's this... uh, like a little change just a, like a little change so people often consider markets well it's a dog it's a dog eat dog world all that matters is uh you know who who's going to come out on top right it, they, they have this idea that um it's this thing where it's like only one is well there's only going to be one winner in the market um it's kind of like this leftist uh, critique of markets but something i, I really love is, is just changing markets from markets are not ne- completely a competitive field, In markets, what you're doing is you're cooperating to compete. Yes, or sorry, you're you're competing to cooperate. I'm sorry, I got that yeah. backwards. You yeah. are competing to cooperate. That is what markets are. Uh, the, the competitors between each other are co- They're competing with each other in order to cooperate. That is what is going on in that, or, field. Uh, and that's cooperating
0: with others in order to compete. The the uh, you you don't yeah. have if you just think about that's people cool. who manufacture yeah. stuff like car companies, for example, they yes. have to source parts, they have to source raw materials, they have to source all kinds of stuff. That that's that is a chain of cooperation that, on balance, is more cooperation than Ford v. Chevy. Yes. like all of the all of the cooperation up the chain that enables the competition between the two firms is on balance greater than those two competing entities and yes. you have that up the chain you have up the chain that the you know Ford might contract with this company for their raw materials while Chevy contracts with another one well those two businesses are in comp- are in competition too but they have to cooperate as well right. there's a whole chain of cooperation for them too so this it's not it's not, uh, and I think what you're, what you're, uh, what what you're sort of describing, it's not. Competition is not the feature. Right. Cooperation it's, is the feature. Competition is yeah, something that enables the mode.
1: it. It's it's
0: the mode that enables the feature. Exactly. Exactly. It's a. It's there's no. I, it, it's deeply. Deeply misunderstanding of markets to yeah. consider them warlike, right? <laughs> um, which people generally do, especially on the left. People generally consider markets to be war. Um, it's war right. with money, and that's just not the case. It's 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 cooperative. It's a cooperative enterprise. And, yeah. and, and in the
1: in the times we usually do see corporations who have larger who uh exhibit large amounts of violence like with their like private militaries like you know obviously the east india company is the prime example that leftists always use it's like no this was a government charter like yeah. the east india company well, you had a license to kill
0: yes <laughs> it, that was it was a, it was effectively a government enabled monopoly um which all monopolies yeah. are but the, the it was a it was yeah. a it it was a <laughs> It, that's not a market yeah
1: <laughs> right and that's the thing that's the thing too i i uh, just a, a little something a little aside is that a lot of people talk about like how well well you anarchists or you like right libertarians or whatever um you're just pro-business it's like no not necessarily there's a lot of things businesses do that i i might hate or might not like or might even be like outright I think should be outright illegal um i'm pro-market I'm not pro-business necessarily. Right, <laughs> you know I'm, exactly. Like I, I'm pro-market in the sense of peaceful market cooperation between firms. That doesn't mean I'm always going to advocate for what a company does, because that's insane. That's an insane view of like being pro-market. To say that you have to support everything a company does, well, multiple, some companies do things that are just completely contradictory to other companies so you have to support both it's like no you can you don't have to support any of them you just it's just more of a general support of like they should be allowed to peacefully cooperate there's a
0: reason there's a reason Pop OS is on my computer right now there's a reason I'm recording this right now (laughs) in Pop OS and not Windows it's because I don't fucking like Microsoft and I don't like the way they do business and I want to leave them exactly and I'm doing that
1: (laughs) right so like when people always talk like that's the thing, right? Criticisms of a business, like if you're criticizing some corporation or something, that is an aspect of being. That is an aspect of being in favor of free markets. That's the market. Like that is a free market activity. Like you, there's no conceivable conception of a market without individuals, right? You can't you can't conceive of what that would be. Without like individual action and individual, um, either a like a dissent or a or like whatever, right? So you have to, at a certain point, you have to say, okay, yeah, this is all just the market ultimately. Um, exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Um, we got off on a really yeah. Huge we tangent, really have. Like- I we... <laughs> <laughs> but I'm actually really okay with that because this isn't, and we were talking about this the other day and, uh, yeah. you know, I don't care for curtains or fourth walls. We were yeah. talking about this the other day. Um, the idea that this isn't, and, and, and because of all the Ovalde stuff, it kind of had became a, uh, uh, uh like a news show, show, like a, like a current events yeah. type show. That's not what this is supposed to be. The conversation yeah. we just had is supposed to be more emblematic of sort of what the show is. Not necessarily that. <laughs> fucking heavy right but just a conversation about stuff you know um and and yeah. and it, it's not about current events and i'm i'm actually very happy that we went off on that tangent because it's it's more emblematic of 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 what we had kind of talked about
1: yeah yeah <clears> 100 <throat> um i did want to tie back to uh what we, as we were talking about what everyday boss yeah that's what really started this we were talking about what everyday boss exactly yeah, yes. said about <laughs> national wars um and I did want to uh, like uh pick on one thing here he said that um um well he's talking about like how you know we th- there needs to be this type of unity as you as you were saying before, kind of just because is kind of what he's coming from uh, there needs to be this type of unity, but it doesn't make sense to me, and this is often i think one of the best anarchist criticisms um that um anarchists lobby at people who support state is is that well why why is Canada? Why why can Canada and Cuba be separate countries, right? Why are they allowed to be separate polities, uh like distinct polities from each other um that have no real like as, uh, not like association with each other besides mm-hmm. for, like, you know, a, may, potential cooperation, I guess, um between like sovereigns. Um why do they why is it permissible for them to be separate polities? but not other places, right? Why, why must a country be the same country throughout time? It doesn't really make much sense. And if it's permissible for one country and another country to be uh, geographically or uh, politically distinct from their polities, um, why then can we not have more polities, right? If, if you posit the existence of more than one, why can't you posit the existence of more than two?
0: Exactly, right?
1: you know what I mean. So at a certain point, it's like, okay, well, and Rothbard made this point really well, which is like, well, if New York and and uh, if if America and Canada can be two separate countries, why not uh, New York and Mexico, right? Why not New mm-hmm. York and Manhattan? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so there's no there's uh, you can kind of keep doing this forever.
0: I, uh, I can think of no New reason. Reduce- Well, that's the that's the ultimately I mean, that's one of the things and one of the one of my favorite things Eric July ever said in any of his songs is secession efforts all the way down to the individual. Like like if you you can secede all the way down to the individual and there is no. No consistent rationale as to why you can't. Right. Like there's like the only
1: other the only other consistent position would be a world government.
0: Yeah, exactly. If You
1: believe that anarchism is impermissible in any form then it would seem to posit that you don't believe that there should be anarchism between countries
0: or any, or right. any other uh, form of anarchism, like any, any other place right. where anarchism exists. I mean, the, the, uh, to your point, the, the Canada, the Canada Cuba thing, I find very interesting. If you work East from Canada, you hit Greenland and Iceland. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Canada. It's always
1: pissed me off how those two countries are not descriptive of what they actually are. Like Greenland is full of ice, and Iceland is not full of ice. (laughs) Like,
0: (laughs) it's always pissed me off. (laughs) They got it wrong. Um, The and there's the old there's a story that it was named that way in order to confuse people. Like, but I'm I'm not convinced of that. Like I'm, I'm, I think that's
1: just like they're just trying to cover their. Ass.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, <laughs> well, we were just gonna kind of
1: throw you off. It was, it was Greenland.
0: Greenland is part of the Kingdom of Denmark, and Iceland yeah. is an independent country. Yeah. Why? Right. That, that's that's oh, like it's it's the same. It's effectively the same question as Canada versus Cuba. Why is Greenland part of? the kingdom of Denmark and Iceland is its own little thing. And they're both right next to Canada or or at least Iceland or Greenland is right next to Canada. Iceland's kind of out there between Europe and and Greenland. But uh, why, why is that? It's it's the exact same question you asked. Why is that allowed? And yet you can't do that here. Is it because it's a single landmass? I don't, I don't understand. (laughs)
1: But also, even when they talk about, well, it's a single landmass, but, like, you could say that the North American continent and, well, so- South America by that standard, too, is a single landmass, right? right? You know what I mean? So Then uh, they would still have to concede at that point that, well, we have to, you know, if it's a single landmass, then they all have to be the same polity, which is a weird distinction in the first place. Like, why? Why do you think this? Why? It, it, it's <laughs> why? A, it's
0: a, it's ultimately, and, and it's so diff- uh You ask the same I mean, you can ask the same question of Abraham Lincoln. It's like we must yeah. preserve the Union.
1: Why? <laughs> right. Well, because the text here says so.
0: Okay. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's like it's 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 some weird like. Ultimately, it works down to like some weird sort of, uh, and it's not necessarily literal divine ordination, but they they it's see close. it as it's manifest destiny. It it's like be, because it's supposed to be one thing. Well, but it's supposed to be this way. According yeah. to whom?
1: Right? And why? <laughs> uh, and why should I care? <laughs> That's the bigger question. Yeah.
0: <laughs> why do Uh-oh. I? Why should I give a fuck?
1: Yeah, uh, it, it's all. It really is. It does get down to it, right? And and you know we can also tie this into a, a Hobbesian thing too, right? Where it's like. OK, like one of the uh, arguments for government in the first place is that um, people can't solve their own disputes and therefore we need a third party to l- facilitate a dispute resolution between parties, which is actually kind of a non sequitur when you get into it. But, but besides for that, um, they the but, but what they take it to me or really what they take it to mean is that, OK, there needs to be a third party. But then they do this like composition fallacy thing where then they say, OK, there must be one third party. Uh, that right, facilitates right. all the disputes and it's like well wait a minute that's different from a third party uh, the third party is different from a third party that's yes. that's a different thing um so well because they uh, imagine
0: they imagine it's disputes all the way up and eventually you have right. to have a monopolizing force but
1: right. that's just not but, the but, case like but here's, in reality. The problem, right? <laughs> yeah, but here's also the problem with that view if you believe that then who – where is the third party when you have a dispute with the third party? If you have a dispute with the third party itself, then it's no longer the third party. Yeah. It's, in, all, you, for all, no.
0: in all functional reality, you create a third party that there's no check against it.
1: Right. So that means in their worldview, then they have to posit, OK, well, now we need a super government above the government – uh, to act as a third party what about when the government has a dispute with the super government well now we need another super super government above that <laughs> to regulate that dispute and it's it's it, then it still disputes all the way up even in their theory yeah so,
0: and you so have, they don't
1: escape the problem they do not solve the problem and i it's think that's a, one of the
0: it's a desire yeah. to solve dispute laterally and imagining right. yes, that exactly. vertical dispute doesn't than exist horizontal. yeah exactly Yep. it is it, just yeah it's fucking it's, it doesn't work um okay are we done with Bastiat? every day bastian are we done with Bastiat uh, generally <laughs> yeah 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 um. I, again i i think this guy thinks like i don't i don't yeah. i don't think i don't think warren's an idiot um mm-hmm. i think he's wrong here I, I just uh, there's uh, again I'm, I'm I I want I I want to be very clear because there's a lot of people that like everyday Boss yet, and and you should he's fine um but I don't so I don't think he's a retard like I don't think he's a moron but I think this is not well thought out this 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 position that he has is not well thought out it's not it's it's incorrect um because it, if you if you literally ask any question of any of these positions they start to fall apart. Um yep. Yep. and I, so I don't wanna I don't wanna come off like fuck everybody boss I do he makes okay content. Like it's not my favorite stuff, <laughs> but it's fine. Um and he's right. smart. So it's cool, but <laughs> he's wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, you had sent something that was very funny.
1: Yes. So um Shuan had uh, posted this, uh it's just uh screen caps from his story. But basically, um, uh, this is from OpenSecrets.org. Political groups and nonprofits aligned with Democratic Party have spent nearly $44 million to boost the profile of far-right candidates. Democrat strategy is rooted in the belief that these candidates will be easier to defeat in the general election. (laughs) Now, the, the first time I ever heard about this was... Um, what's known what what came from Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016 as what they called her team called the Pied Piper Strategy. And what Hillary Clinton did is so remarkable, so big brain 400 IQ intelligent point here is that she pro- her team spent money to promote Donald Trump. Over the other Republican candidates in like news coverage or like putting out feelers that oh we, we you know we're we're scared that you know he's our biggest threat really thinking that they that he was going to be the easiest one
0: pushing to take him out. from the so, from with the belief that he's deeply unserious and easy to beat yes yes so that didn't work out for her well
1: <laughs> and Democrats are still doing it they're still God. pushing. These, you know, it's like that meme with the kids on the bicycle, uh, where he puts the <laughs> he puts he's a stick it. in the spoke of uh, the bike. He's like, <laughs> all these far right candidates <laughs> people, attacking our democracy, and he's just like, there's puts in the the, the spike within the spoke with like 44 million dollars written on it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so <laughs> fucking, it's, I don't understand this idea. Like, okay, if. I I'm, I'm going to make an assumption here. Okay? Yeah. And the assumption is going to be that what they are calling far right candidates have a populist bent.
1: Yes, that is yes, yes, absolutely yes. Um
0: that's and that's an assumption I'm making just based on Trump Trump and what Trump represented and what the and how they described Trump yeah. and yada yada, right? Yes. So that's yes. I'm I'm making that assumption. If that's wrong, then what I'm going to say is wrong. But whatever. Um the I I do not see the wisdom in boosting the profile of populists. Definitionally, the population (laughs) likes them. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there's no it doesn't make sense to boost populists if you are not a populist. Like they're the the people, they that's who they want to capture is the people that's, 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 that's a populist. Uh, that's the ultimately what, a, what populism does. It captures the people. Right. Um, you need those people to vote for you, not them.
1: Right. Also, just imagine like, let's say you're just like, uh, you know, a Democrat, just the average Democrat who's well-meaning and who is genuinely scared of like a right-wing, uh, controlled country. Imagine learning that your taxpayer dollars, your the donations that you sent to these people in the mail, went to candidates who you're who you you're scared of oh <laughs> like, god imagine the feeling of that you're I that guy i just thought about the stupidity of the strategy percent. but you're absolutely right imagine you're that guy <laughs> now you now look at you you have oh egg God. all over your face. And these people sent your money away to people they've convinced you are terrified. Evil. And, like, you know, they, and, they are
0: directly funding with your money. They are funding yeah. what, they, what you believe to be evil.
1: Yes. So oh, imagine man. you're that guy. You're that person who sent money and who's like a true believer. You're a true believer Democrat who really believes that the Democrats are going to save you from this like right wing encroachment and then they're giving money to the
0: (laughs) I I hadn't even considered that all I was thinking about was how done the strategy was I didn't think about the way that like a donor would would see this oh man that's funny
1: (laughs) oh god yeah how's your how's your political strategies working for you guys that's that's a real mm, that's unfortunate for you (laughs) that
0: sucks for you (laughs) That's hilarious. That is really funny. Um. Okay. So there was there was one more thing. Is that all we have to say about that? Because that's very very funny. I think that's the story. Uh, I. (laughs) I hadn't even considered that. I really hadn't. Um. Okay. There was one more thing. It's a new Valdi update. We were talking about the guy uh, who was looking at the phone, right? And and the story that that was the dude whose wife had been hit, right? Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, a body cam video was released of him trying to go in. Um, and he, Ruben Ruiz, uh, he has his gun out, and he's walking through the crowd of cops to, like, enter the door. And... Um, they like they're telling him to stop like the the cop who's uh, either nearby to or um whose camera is uh, he's either near the camera or he it's his camera recording he says he's something like hey camera. hey ruben ruben um you hear that and then uh he comes through this sort of you know he walks through and they like grab him and kind of turn him around they don't grab him violently yeah but they sort of turn around and walk him the other way
1: and he says uh, uh, she's, I think he says like she's shot or she's bleeding or she's yeah he or says she like says that.
0: she's she shot she said she's shot that's yeah. what he says to these other cops and they um, and he looks like
1: he's in a daze like he, he looks like he's were, in a
0: daze people were really coming down on him for not trying hard enough people were really coming down on him like god he seemed pretty easy to stop and, and I'm like oh if you look at him though um I feel for this guy. He looks like he doesn't know what's going on around him. Like, he looks like he is absolutely shell-shocked. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: I i I agree because it's like, it's oftentimes, right, it's easy uh, for, for people to criticize, like, how people react in, like, traumatic situations. But ultimately, you don't know how you'd react in a traumatic situation either, even though you know how you'd like to react. So I do want to give, like, some benefit of the doubt here uh to him you know what i mean because it's like you know in that time it's very common in traumatic situations for people to freeze up like that's just you
0: shut down though um he looks like he doesn't know where the fuck he is yeah
1: um so i i can completely understand that Uh, i still think
0: yeah yeah
1: um but uh, all the other cops who just stand around uh and knowing knowing that you know the wife of one of their uh other cops is shot inside along with, you know, the kids and they're just standing around like, yeah, yeah, don't do anything. They're stopping
0: him. This is the thing that bugs me about this. This isn't damning toward Ruben Ruiz. I don't think people saw this as very damning for him because he didn't even try and yada yada. I don't think that's the case. I, I, I totally I can um I cannot sympathize, but I can empathize or is it the way around? I don't remember, but um, the way I, around is it? Okay, uh, I, but I, I can't I get how he would be so dazed. I can totally, I totally get it. He's this dude is his brain is broken. This dude does not know. He looks like he doesn't know where the fuck he is. Mm-hmm. Like if you look, he just he just looks. He's like she says she's shot. His eyes are big. He's he's yeah. he's blown away. Right, this dude's brain isn't working. And I can also understand, frankly, wanting to stop him from going in if his brain isn't working. You know what I mean? Like that'd be dangerous for him.
1: I can I can understand that if the other cops are doing something. You know what I mean 100%. Like
0: <laughs> that's where this is damning. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's where this is most damning. It's not even necessarily in the fact that they stopped him because he looks like he's not able to go into a live fire situation. But they're not doing shit. Yeah. They're watching a man try to save his wife, and instead of stepping up and saying "We got it, go go away, we've got this," yeah, instead of saying that and taking care of fucking business, they just fucking stand there. Yeah, that's where this is damning. That to me is where this 100%. is most damning. I I, I can't. I, I these fucking cops, these absolute fucking yep. shit stains. There was another meeting. I don't have the audio, but there was another meeting, another city council meeting where a guy stood up and he asked the city council if um, they were going to fire the chief of police. Uh, and, and they started acting like, well, we said we were going to wait for the investigation. They wouldn't commit to it. And he said, um, <clears throat> the guy said, okay, if he's not fired by noon tomorrow, I want yes. all of your resignations. And the crowd fucking that. erupts.
1: Yes. It was great.
0: Everybody oh, yeah. at that city council meeting fucking erupts. Because he was like, okay, like they were being very dodgy and bullshit about it. And he's like, all right, if he's not fired by noon tomorrow, I want all of your resignations.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I saw it too. And the crowd just erupts. It, is great.
0: it was great. It was a beautiful moment. And he's right. He's fucking yep. right. Um,. Okay, but that's the Uvaldi update. This kind of became a story we were watching, so I, I wanted to make sure that we kept on it. Um, yeah. And, uh, okay. Is that all we've got? Is that everything?
1: I think so.
0: All yeah. right. Well, I've spent all this week trying to get an operating system running, so I didn't have time to make outro music. I will have it by the next show. Um, It'd be funny
1: if the outro music was just you saying we don't have the outro music. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit um, I will have it by the next show but uh, uh, let's let people know where can people find you Ace
1: yeah you can find me at uh, acearchist.substack.com and ace underscore archist on twitter and that's it
0: alright uh, I can be found well my friend pacing Joska J-O-U-S-K-A on twitter he's pretty great you should follow him and uh, <laughs> god I hate having to do that <laughs> And uh, you can find this show at TETC.show. It will have links to other things you might be interested in, including uh, Ace's Twitter, his sub stack, um, PacingJoseka's Twitter. And uh, every now and then, and I did this on the last episode, too, um, if there's something I say I'm going to include in the, like, notes or if there's a link to something we need to have in there, uh, I'll drop it in the description of the show. So you can check that out at TETC.show. Um and those will be there, or they should be in the description of the show on your podcatcher. I'm not sure how all podcatchers parse that stuff, so sometimes they're not clickable, sometimes they are. Um, but they're there at tetc.show. And uh, that's, that's the show. Thanks so much for listening. Have a good one, guys. Peace.